Okay, so the movie is called Hidden Truth. It's one of the movies that's kind of like a lifetime type movie. Um, just has that flavor to it. Spoilers for the entire movie. It's on Prime, I believe. And it is this interest, kind of interesting mystery about this girl who goes missing, but her mom had also gone missing and been killed. And then she goes missing and is found to be also dead. And so part of the movie is about, of course, finding out who done it. And because her dad, her dad was an alcoholic or is, well, was an alcoholic, they initially had blamed the original death of her mom on her dad, even though he says he wasn't there. And so now they're trying to blame blame the death of the daughter also on the dad. Again, he's like nowhere near there. And so it's almost like the cops are just lazy. (laughs) Um, So Parker Stevenson is in this. He plays the sheriff. And um, the one who's actually doing the investigating is the aunt who is the sister of the man who was the alcoholic and obviously the aunt of the missing slash dead girl so she spends the movie bringing clues to the sheriff and he just poo poos all of them (laughs) it's kind of weird first she finds a locket in a boat that belonged to the girl on the land of this guy who she believes later has, has you know done this he doesn't even look at it. She finds money, a thousand bucks in the girl's drawer in the house. And she didn't even have a job. And so it's kind of like someone with money was giving her money. <laughs> Under and the so table. The I'm sorry? Under the table. Yeah, something like that. Um, so um, so he, she brings this to the attention of the sheriff. And he just... He always wants to ask her questions about her brother. And she's like, my brother has nothing to do with this. He's been sober for six months. He, you know, he wasn't there. He wasn't even around. And so it's basically not even look, they're not even looking for the person. They just assume someone had done it. And they just kind of were leaning on that. And all along, she's like putting herself in harm's way trying to find some proof that will get them to do to look in the right places so there's this guy that's in the woods that day that the thing um, that the guy actually killed the girl and he's like uh, 16 and he's like 15 he's like riding one of those bikes like a dirt bike and he basically says he saw everything but he didn't want to get in trouble because he wasn't supposed to even be in, in the woods but he was more concerned about getting in trouble than he was the fact that someone had gone to jail that didn't do it. <laughs> it's kind of interesting the way this kind of played out, you know. I can see and that. that. And then um, there was a guy at the store where the girl had, she kind of had left from behind the store. And they were able to see like the surveillance of the car that she got into. <laughs> Come on. And the aunt to get to the sheriff. And he's like, well, 
he probably parks his car there all the time because the part that they printed out was just the car. They didn't print the, pic- the fact that it was her. I, I just thought that was so weird. If you're going to take it as evidence, why wouldn't you print the part that showed she was standing by the car? She's going toward the car. You know what I'm saying? Going toward the car. She just printed a picture of the car. I, I guess to advance the storyline. I guess. But she took it to him and he's like, well, he probably parks his car there all the time. And so the guy's like, yeah, I park my car there all the time. And so she's, then she ended up like doing some other investigating. She ends up in the woods talking to the guy on the bike again. And it just kind of, I don't know, is it just, it's one of those movies where you're like, what? They can't see the holes <laughs> in the plot. <laughs> you know, his plot holes. You have to suspend disbelief. Yeah, exactly. His wife was like terrified of him to say anything wrong or, you know, where are you going, honey? Oh, he even says, this is, this is a funny to me. He's getting ready to leave and he puts the bag in the car, right? And, uh, and she's looking out the window and then he comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And she goes, oh, you know, I'm like working. She's just looking at him and he, and he she, he, she goes, are you leaving he's no no I'm not going anywhere he goes into the car and leaves <laughs> and I thought what <laughs> it's so weird so he tells her going. that he's not like, going anywhere and then he proceeds goes to out, gets in the car and leaves <laughs> makes like, sense Okay. Yeah, I think this is when she decided she had to give some kind of evidence that he wasn't where he said he was because she originally had lied as his alibi. And I think this is the point where she said she had enough. So eventually, after he threatened the aunt, ran her off the road, you know, chased her down in the woods, the uh, the sheriff shows up at the last minute. And the ant gets to hit him in the head with a rock. <laughs> Jeez, this is violent. <laughs> I know, right? And the, the sheriff letter at that point should have been hitting him. But anyway, um, I gave it a, about a four. I just can't think of who this guy is. I'll have to look it up because I've seen him a lot. Um, pretty popular. But anyway, he's like the rich, handsome uh, restaurant owner. He owns a couple places around town. He owns the land where where he killed the two people, the wife, the daughter, and the mother. He owns all that land. <clears throat> so pretty much he had free reign, you know? And so, uh, so they kind of make it look a little bit like the haves and have-nots again. So, yeah. I watched it so I could review it. It sounds like you would recommend it. No. No, no. <laughs> Not unless you're a fan of this guy. I'm going to get his name. Because um, he played a, a bad guy who was pretending to be a good guy. And, you know, as we watch him, you know, the things that he does. She was 16 and they were not supposed to be having relations. And the reason he killed her is because she was about to tell on him. And apparently the mom was having an affair with him and she was about to tell on him and they killed her. 
Yes, it does sound very lifetime us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to do a better one next week, guys. <laughs> Until then. Bye. See you next time for Dynasty and Selling Sunset. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Let's Talk Television with Ashley and Renee. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about upload and lock and key. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Let's Talk Television. It is a Facebook group. And Instagram, instagram.com forward slash talk television please follow us and encourage other people to follow and leave feedback also we have a blog at randomrecaps.wordpress.com so let's get started with upload upload season two episode three robin hood robin hood that was so funny um yeah this is probably the best one of the season um so far and we get a different version of Ingrid which is a good thing even though you know I don't think Ingrid's bad (laughs) she's just Ingrid (laughs) Ingrid's not bad she's an interesting character she's just very selfish but I think she's got a good heart right um So this week, um, Nathan decides he wants to help his two gig friends by ciphering some data from some power monger fellow, I want to say fellow inmates. (laughs) That's a good word. Some of his fellow um, clients at the Lakeview after death location <laughs> anyway so he gets this idea and he brings in Luke and a version of Ingrid he has not seen <laughs> and who is this version of Ingrid this uh, one who was ready to help and to do anything which really it wasn't her obviously and why wasn't it her, Ashley? It oh, wasn't sure. her. First, let me preface by saying Nathan is talking to Luke and he says, Ingrid zones out a lot. I never noticed this about her before. And she's zoning out because she's still alive. She told Nathan that she died for him. But she's actually still alive, living most of her life in the suit, in a bathtub, in the bathroom. And so she doesn't really have any stimulation. That's why she's zoning out. And poor Ingrid also has a UTI, which her toilet tells her. And she ends up hiring a temp to replace her for a bit so she can get out of the damn bathroom and live her actual life. Whoa, that's pretty deep. 
So what Nathan actually gets, that is the new Ingrid, is a temp. <laughs> Not as uh, physically attractive as Ingrid. However, she enjoys life and she's really sweet and really nice. And she just stepped right in where Ingrid left off. And you know what else I thought was hilarious? What? When she, what I thought was hilarious was when she first put on the suit and she's standing in the bathtub. Ingrid's temp. That's who I'm talking about. She's standing in the suit in the bathtub and she's just enjoying being in Ingrid's body because Ingrid is pretty fit and has a fabulous body. And Ingrid stops on her way out the door and says, I know wonderful being me <laughs> that's funny isn't that what we also love about Ingrid though she's very confident exactly she um, she just goes on about her way not even having any idea what's going on in the uh, upload world because she's uh, what is it <laughs> nurturing herself <laughs> that's a great way of putting it getting well <laughs> so what what is one of the things they do to help the um, two gigs a poker game fancy schmancy poker game yeah and they have to use was Nathan and Luke and Ingrid. Ingrid is the one that plays the game and Nathan manipulates it with his little invisible keyboard. And then I think, isn't Luke also looking at the... Is, is, was Luke looking at the uh, the cards somehow? Or was he doing something else? I think Luke was doing something else. No, he was. He had those things in his eyes. Those contacts that Nathan gave oh. him. Oh, okay. He was using it, I think, to look at the cards and Nathan was able to see through his eyes or something. Something oh. like that. I remember the eye part. And so Ingrid was just kind of in the middle of it being told what to do. And so she's winning, of course. Which is the point. <laughs> And she's not as reserved as usual because it's not really Ingrid. Right. So she's playing the game because these are like high stakes poker players. And it looks very, like you said, very fancy. So it's like a, like an upper crust poker game. So she's the one that fits into the heart. Um... Yeah, and she's winning and winning, and then uh, something happens, and does Nathan get distracted, or... Oh, no, the detective. We have to tell about the detective first. Yes, the cybercrimes detective at Horizon. So he shows up in the office part of Lakeview, and Lucy doesn't know he's there. Until someone tells her, I think is it her boss that tells her he's here. He seems like he gets it secondhand. 
I'm yeah. not sure exactly what detective to... detective dude is already there in a seat and nobody knows that he's there <clears throat> he's just kind of lost amongst the workers right he's just sitting at a computer checking everything out and then Lucy finds out the first thing she wants is she's trying to cover her butt for her own crimes <laughs> oh yeah Crimes. Naughty. So crimes Lucy is naughty. Crimes of crimes of what? The voyeurism kind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she enjoys looking at new pictures of Luke in real time. <laughs> yes, not <laughs> pictures. More like videos. Videos. Digital and, um, videos. She was more afraid of getting caught with those pictures than anything else they might have been doing. So she has Alicia uh, take her little portable drive thing um, to put it away in a box. And Alicia takes a look. (gasps) She wants to know what she's getting involved into. And she spent some time looking too. (laughs) And Alicia not exactly flabbergasted I would say she she's shocked but she also thinks it's really funny <laughs> yeah now she's got something on Lucy and then uh, Nora shows up at the office ready to do her part for her cult friends <laughs> I don't know what to call them tech, techno cult or anti-tech cult or living on the fringe folks (laughs) I think anti-tech cult is an accurate name yeah because they just think it's they can send one in there (laughs) so they send her in and she's supposed to not get a job but just she's supposed to interview for a job but not actually get it yeah so that she can leave something behind that's going to track what's going on there so she gets to see her friends again her friends <laughs> her friends but before she shows up Alicia is talking to I like to call her Temp Tinsley her name is actually Tinsley and she's a temp but I mean you know the two words together sound pretty great so Temp Tinsley Alicia uses a clicker on her like a dog. <laughs> the way you would train a dog. Mm. That's so tacky. It's tacky, but it's it's a little funny. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? I don't know. I didn't realize that's what she was doing. I, I know yeah. I heard her I know I heard her say it, but I didn't really know what it meant. Yeah, she I, I swear she used a clicker on her. Because she shot up right afterwards. Hmm. So, Menorah shows up. She, um... Well, she talks to the temp for a second. But she's she's talking to Alicia first because Alicia doesn't... She doesn't tell her a, a lot. Just the basics. She's interviewing for a job. She's like, Why? You out of here. 
<laughs> yeah, why would you want to interview for a job here? And then they talk about Byron. Yeah, Alicia asks her, so how's Byron? And Nora's just like, eh, he's okay. <laughs> She's so not Byron at all. <laughs> I still don't know what happened to him. Just disappeared that one time. I was just about to say, I have no <laughs> idea where Byron is. So weird. I hope he's alive. They just like dumped this character in the middle of a storyline. They're leaving together. Then she gets out of the car and he's like never heard from again. <laughs> it's a little bit like what's his name in Dynasty? Yeah, the brother. Steve. Oh my God, Steven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they still haven't talked about Steven again. Except Steven was more central to the storyline. Exactly. He's like one of the blood. He's not just some random hookup guy on an app. And even he wasn't that random. He was in several episodes. It's weird. Anyway. So they talk for a minute. And then she has to go to the interview, I think. Yeah. She goes to the interview. And she does surprisingly well. Yeah, better than they thought she would, apparently. She gets she gets tired for another job. <laughs> and she says that maybe she might be able to change things working from the inside. Right. She's very Mate optimistic. Yes, and Mateo is not excited about that. No, he pretty much just brushes it off. It's weird. Very weird. So back at the poker game, Ingrid is doing really well until she's not doing really well after the detective shows up and distracts everyone. Walking in there, looking all suspicious. So I have to point out, the detective guy, did he look familiar to you? Have yeah, I seen we just, him, we have just I saw him. Have seen him in a CW show? I just saw him the other day. <laughs> another show was so weird so he must remember. be a character actor yeah I just saw him it was weird that I saw him and upload because I thought man I just saw him the other day I don't remember well, what it was good. in though he's getting paid he's getting around so um he's walking around with the boss and they're in the middle of the poker game so they have to wrap it up pretty quick. And Nora, around the same time, notices something is going on with Nathan. Because I think Alicia had mentioned him earlier. And she's sitting in the office where she's supposed to be interviewing. So suddenly she's, you know, kind of looking around on the computer and she sees this going on and she decides to help them at the very last climax will they or will they not get caught so right. she decides to change the numbers of the cards on the table to match what they needed right as Ingrid is turning the card over yeah so they're like oh my god so excited so they won the, they won the pot to be able to give to the two gigs and Nathan closes away his invisible co a computer just in time. <laughs> so 
so they got away with it. How very (laughs) television-like. Yeah. Got money. And then Nathan is so happy that Ingrid did so well. He decides to give her a little treat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He gave her a treat, all right. He was so happy that she went along with all of that. And then she shows up in the suit at the last moment. The real Ingrid. Yeah. She, yeah, the real Ingrid shows up just in time to get the treat. <laughs> and she has not, a, a blank not, look on her face as I'm Nathan not, is kissing her. I'm not talking about trick-or-treat, guys. <laughs> it's a treat, all right. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway. What else did we miss in that episode? When Nora first comes back, yeah, Alicia's talking to her. And then Alicia says, Nora, I think your boy is up, up to something. Right. And, that, mm-hmm. and Nora says, he's not my boy anymore. And then Temp Tinsley kind of gives her a look like, what are you talking about? And then she asks, are we allowed to date uploads? <laughs> That's a trick question. Why would you want to date an upload? <laughs> it's all based on what you think dating is all about, I guess. Yeah, or maybe... Maybe she's also interested in Nathan. We did get a glimpse of that in the previous episode. Yeah, but we know he's only in Denora, so. Oh, yeah. She's just um, having an illusion. <laughs> Although apparently he was into Ingrid, at least for this episode. Oh, just because he thought she changed to help him out. <laughs> He said just because he saw a different side of her, that's why. Before he was like, Oh, she's here to help me. She died or whatever for me. Basically, he was just, he had pity on her before. He felt obligated. Yeah. That was that. Now shall we go on to lock and key? Lock and key, yes. Yes, very interesting. We're closing in on the end of the season. It's episode eight. Yes, we have two more. And I don't remember the beginning, but I know it was one of those flash to the past ones. So at the beginning... It's the 1700s. We're in the middle of the Revolutionary War. Ah, okay. Yep. We meet Peter Locke and his family at Key House. That's right. And Peter Locke keeps weapons and ammo for the Americans during the Revolutionary War. He did. Okay. And then we see a British captain and his troops approaching the front door. 
Knocks loudly on the door. Peter Locke answers. Yes. Would you like to continue? No, you're doing very well. Okay. So, the captain, I think his name is... It's important because he comes back up again. Yeah, I remember when he got... When he got Frederick, Frederick Gideon. That's his name. Oh. So, the captain... Captain Gideon... Pushes his way with, along with his troops into Key House. And he says... Peter Locke, I know that you have weapons. <laughs> That's my best attempt at a pretty It was accent. pretty good. <laughs> and he raids the house looking for the weapons and the ammo, like gunpowder. And he ends up killing Peter Locke. Unfortunately. Oh my. Yes, that was after a, a bit of a skirmish. A skirmish which included Peter Locke's son, Benjamin. I think he he hit he hit Gideon with a bullet. He did. He got him with a bullet right before he killed Peter Locke. Right. And then it seems like they went to the present day from there. Yeah, we ca- we come back to the present day, along with the gentle tinkling of the peak of the piano keys, of the theme music. Mm-hmm. And we've got the current generation of Locks discussing how to defeat Gabe, aka mm-hmm. Dodge. Dodge. What should they do? Wow. He's turned some of the tones people know. All the unexpected characters. People in charge, people in the school, their friends, couple of friends, random people. He has demon minions now. And he thinks that they will not notice that they know a way to test these people that hang around with him. So that's what they do at the school with the keys. Can you pull this key from my hand? Can you touch this key? <laughs> yes, that's the way that they find out whether you're a demon or not. Right. Can you touch the keys? Right. So they do that. And then, um, it seems like someone was somewhere else and they had to do it. It wasn't just at the school. It seemed like it was somewhere else, too. But Oh, I know. Because they were doing it with the different groups of people. And then Tyler had to do it to Jackie. She is so good. She's so lost. She didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Poor Jackie. Um, yeah, so that's what they were doing at the school. Testing people. And then getting... Um, Getting, letting them know who is demons now so they can look out for them. And uh, along the way, one of the demons shows up. It was so weird, though, the way they were tra- tracking him down. And then they lost him. 
And then he ends what up with all the money. So weird. What'd you Jose, say? Hi, Jose, Jaime, one of the Jaime, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The football player guy. Right. They're tracking him down. And then next thing you know, they're all together. All the demons were together. All the demons are congregated at the school. And then Gabe captures Kinsey. And what's his name? I always forget his name. Scott. Scott. Such a common name and yet so forgettable. Not the actor, the name. But they capture Kinsey and Scott. And then they um, take him to another room. At school. Yeah, so they can decide which one of them to torture first or change first. Or both. Well, Gabe, Gabe says that he wants to turn Kinsey. And Gabe really does. He actually has a, a spot for Kinsey. He's not he just a, trying. Yes. What was it? He has a what? I said he has a spot for Kinsey, which oh, yeah, is yeah. the wrong phrase. And he has, you know, like a warm, a warm spot for Kinsey. He actually right. likes her in some kind of respect. Right. So he wants to turn her not just to get his revenge and to have control, but because he likes her. He genuinely likes her. Right. But Scott says, no, no turn me and right as Gabe is about to turn Scott into a demon insert the key that turns him into a demon Bodhi shows up because he has the fr- the tracker app and he was able to track Kinsey to that room right. he pulls the fire alarm and that distracts <laughs> Gabe and his demon minions yeah it's kind of interesting so simple it was a very simple way to save them. Like logic. Pretty clever. What do you say? Pretty clever, though. Yeah, it was like logic. After all the drama of them chasing their, chasing each other and ended up in the room and then something logical saved them. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like one little kid pulling a fire alarm. Too many people showed up. And they can't kill them in front of all the people or do anything. Kudos to Bodhi. Bodhi, Bodhi, Bodhi. Who they were like, we don't need your help because you're little. He ended up saving them. (laughs) Who for once wasn't annoying. Yeah. I like Bodhi. Just sometimes he's a little bit annoying. You know, he's a kid actor. Sometimes he overacts a little bit. I think he does a great job. I think he does an alright job. And then Nina. Oh, I don't know what's going on with these kids, she says. (laughs) No, you don't, Nina. You You don't. I I forgot that (laughs) Nina used to drink. In the first season, they showed her drinking all the time. Because she mentions that, you know, like you said, she doesn't know what's going on with the kids. They're pulling away. Things aren't working out with Josh. And she's tempted to drink. 
And then I had the aha moment of the first season that she's an alcoholic because, I mean, come on, her husband died. In the wake of her husband's death, she felt the need to drink. Hmm. Well, that's a good reason. So, yeah, so she kind of, she goes from the house to do the, um, uh, what do you call it? She go to the school to do some painting or to do a a set somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then her brother went with her or met her there or something. Mm-hmm. Duncan? Yeah. Duncan, yeah. She um she didn't have a lot much of a part play this episode. So what else? Something really important happened. Although Gabe didn't get a hold of Kinsey and Scott, he was able to get a hold of Jackie. That's right. I was thinking Jackie. about that earlier. When I talked about it earlier, I thought about it. Yeah. Jackie is now a demon. But is she? Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> she is most definitely a demon. I she remember. She her teeth and she growled. That's right. So how did that happen? In the confusion of everything else. For some he reason, goes, Jackie he goes, and... goes to find her. Yep, Tyler goes to find and her. When when Gabe loses the other two, then he remembers her as like a spot of weakness for Tyler. Finds her and then he turns her. And of course, when Tyler comes upon her, he says, we got to get out of here. And I don't know what it is that tips him off, but he asks her to touch the key. And she says, he already showed that to me earlier. I don't need to touch it. He's like, come on, just, you know, touch the key. And then she shows her demon side. Yeah. Like, you know, it's too late. <laughs> you know it's too late. <laughs> you can't have me anymore. <laughs> you missed your chance. <laughs> yeah. So doesn't he run off after that to go try to get help? I think or is he it the very her. I felt like at one point he was at the house trying to find a cure or something. He goes back to the house to look for some iron, some whispering iron. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. And he finally yeah. finds it in his dad's hat. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, that was when uh, there were like, there was a memory of we have his dad having, having uh, a secret secret place for something and he was always wearing that lure on his hat yeah he and was always wearing that lure on his hat and Aaron Aaron was in the memory and then he remembered that and then he went and took a chance of breaking it open and finding the whispering iron and there it was inside the bait and in the flashback the last the, the flashback to the olden days 
was when the uh, the guy was laying by the portal and he got shot. And then he was like suddenly strong and he had those teeth and he turned around and attacked them and then they shot him and shot him and he was still alive. But he was half dead. But then he came back alive later. Captain Gideon. <laughs> well, yeah. He saw that one of his soldiers got hit with that the metal. Yeah. That was he flying knew. out of the portal. And he saw he that knew. he saw he was turned into a demon. And so he, the captain intentionally put himself in front of the portal. Yeah, he knew what was what was going to happen. And he wanted to stay alive to tell the story and to leaves he left something behind in his jacket remember he wrote the he wrote something out and then he uh, put it in the journal and then he put the journal in his jacket and then they hung him so whatever it was i guess how the journal got well that's the journal was saved for joshua to get it and now we know that Josh is one of his descendants. No, I didn't know we knew that, but okay. Well, didn't he say that it belonged, it was a family heirloom? That's what he said about the artifact. He said this: the iron isn't a family heirloom. Yeah, I do remember the iron was an heirloom. That's true. And then Lucy that day, before she, Lucy, Jamie, before she <laughs> left that say day. Lucy. Who's Lucy? Um, Jamie, before she left that day, she grabbed that key for Bodie out of her dad's jacket. Remember? Because he had had the key for a while, and I guess she's just not getting a chance to grab the key. It's not the one that opens the, the one that opens the mini lock house. I think so. That would have been the only one he had. But I don't think she gave it to him yet. Because the other stuff happened. I don't remember if she gave him the key yet. Do you remember? I know she took it. I don't think she gave him the key yet. But I'm because sure it will come into play in the next episode. Because he had to run off to go and help the people on the on the app that were in trouble. <laughs> his brother and sister. Or his brother hurt <laughs> Kenzie and Scott. <laughs> and he raced off when she was trying to talk to him. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's right. She came she came she came to school and she said and she was gonna give it to him and then he got the text and he said, I'm sorry I have to run. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what it was. So, uh, at the very end, we have Benjamin making a key for a door to the portal. Benjamin? Who's Benjamin? Peter Locke's son. Oh, you're talking about another flashback. Okay, yeah. And they're talking about it. It can have the the power to draw you in. (laughs) Let's go stand by the portal. (laughs) Let's go stand by the portal. And only this key can unlock the portal. And then we also have the present day where 
Tyler can hear the whispering iron, but none of none of his relatives, not Duncan, not his brother, not his sister, they can't hear it. They can't hear the whispering. So that means that Tyler has to make the key. Exactly. So maybe By the just, way, hmm? yeah. No, go ahead. By the way, I love the parallels between Tyler and Kinsey and Benjamin and his sister. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. All right. Well, if we got everything on there, you think we got everything? Yeah, the only other thing was that um, this is of no importance to people who have not seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But I swear that library that Josh was in when Eden confronted him is from Buffy. It probably is. (laughs) But it's been a while. It's been years. Yeah. All right, now we'll be back with the movie review in just one moment.